0: Come on, if you you believe in the power of God to make a difference in your life, supernaturally, even in a moment of divine intervention, that this is really a miracle-working God, can we just take a moment to honor Him? Come on, plaza, wherever you might be watching, He's a miracle-worker, a way-maker, He's a healer, He's a restorer. He's the Redeemer. doesn't matter what you are facing, God is the solution and He has a plan at work. Do you believe that? Hey, North family, can we welcome the plaza right now? Everybody online, we love you. How about the men at Lansing Correctional Facility? We love you very, very much. We're honored to be gathered together as a church family. Hey, you guys can grab your seats. If you missed last weekend, uh, first of all, you just missed God. Uh, you missed Christine Kane. It was a little storm in the morning, uh, like hurricane winds. But I was here because I love Jesus. And, but if you missed it, uh, you missed not only an amazing service and a powerful word, but you uh, missed an amazing moment of celebration because after long delay, Uh, We've finally gotten city approval for our South location. Come on, let's celebrate Kingdom City Church. What an amazing time for us as a church family. Uh, Man, we thought it would take, we were told it would take like 15 days. And it's like 150 days later. So it took 10 times as long. So I'm just believing God to do 10 times more, okay? Uh, How many love when God just does work of patience in your life? No one no believer ever but that's what he took us through and yet here we are we're on the verge of something brand new and we're so excited and i just want to thank the church for praying believing standing with us and expecting for all that god wants to do in this brand new season this new frontier for us we got a couple of pictures for you that if you want to see it everybody uh there's kingdom city church south right there come on pretty awesome uh there's the lobby space where several of you will be spilling your coffees next year Uh, There's the Next Steps Lounge, which if you haven't gotten involved in church, go to Next Step, even on the plaza up north right here, right now. There's a kids play space. Pretty amazing. Uh, This will be uh, it's amazing how God has done this over the years uh, from a a little condo on the plaza um, to to a movie theater that got torn down. That was supposed to be in Nordstrom's. God knows what it's going to be now um, to our building on the plaza uh, to north and now to south. And so with every step, God's just kind of taking us a little step further into his plan and his purpose for us as a family of faith. And this is one that's going to be really, really special. I encourage you to join us in the journey. Let's keep believing. Let's keep praying. Let's keep contending. Let's keep standing for all that God wants to do. We have about two weeks left uh, with our architect and builders to finalize everything. And anytime you take new ground, uh, there's a cost to it. And so let's be preparing our hearts and stirring our faith for what God has for us to do, uh, to step into this new thing. So we'll have a real great picture of where we need to be to start construction uh, by the end of summer, and to be in maybe by the end of the year, maybe just the very beginning of the year. Um, I- I'm excited. I believe we're going to get in well before the Chiefs win another Super Bowl next year, and I'm pretty excited, pretty pumped for it. If you're not excited, I realize maybe hey, you're here up north and. That's a long ways away. Uh, But remember, North exists now because people on the plaza thought, hey, we got people to reach. We got families to empower. We need a house of hope to take care of hurting people. And so we're living right now, those in the room, why don't we just thank the plaza right now? Everybody there, you guys are heroes, sacrificial generosity and faith to do something bigger than yourself. And now we have space to reach more people. This isn't about Kingdom City Church. This is about Kingdom Come. This is about God's plan, the plan of heaven for Kansas City, and our church's part to be in on it. And so um, I think this, this building is going to stand for a long, long time. Um, I think there'll be more in the future. We'll, we'll just walk through every open door that God gives us access to. Let me know God's got a big heart for Kansas City. God's got a big heart for all of America. God wants to do something significant. Now it's our time to get in on it, on the ground floor for what God wants to grow in us and do in us next. Amen? Amen. We're going to have a house of hope before five times bigger than the one we have here at the North location. How many of people need more help? People need more hope. A huge focus on generations. Some of you ain't even married yet up in church and you, you're just trying to flirt with someone on the coffee team. Um, which I'm doing a wedding next week of someone that was flirting with someone on the coffee team. So if the spirit moves you, um, but your kids are going to grow up in this church. Some of you have kids, your grandkids are going to grow up in this church. We're doing something generational and actually we're doing something that's eternal and we're doing it together. Amen. Amen. So I'll give you more of the information as it comes available to us. It is a kingdom come season for us. More people need Jesus. More people need hope. Amen? Hey, applause online. Lansing up north. Let's pray. Let's pray to thank God for this opportunity. Let's pray to get our hearts ready to hear the word. Lord, we love you. We thank you for all that you've done. Eleven years behind us, all of eternity before us. God, I thank you for this unbelievable, faithful church faithful through COVID, faithful through change, faithful to our God. We thank you for everyone in the room, everyone online. The Lord, you're building us, keep building us. Here we are, God, you can use us. Build us to be the kind of people that you can bring heaven to work through. We ask you to do a mighty work. We thank you that you've walked us through this journey all the way to this point, and you're still just getting started. We thank you for the lives that will be forever changed the opportunities that we have to get involved and invested in your kingdom. We thank you for this building opportunity, but Lord, that's just a building. Keep building us. Build us to be the kind of people you've called us to be. Our hearts are ready to hear the word, hear and obey, be forever changed. Make us more into the image of your son, Jesus. And it's his name that we pray. Can I get an amen? Amen. No, I didn't say amen. I said an amen. amen. There you go. You get it. You need a more flavor in your life coming from the most albino person, you know, Jesus says in Matthew four, verse 19, come follow me, come and follow me. He's speaking to a specific duo in this moment and he says, I'm going to make you fishers of men. Now fishermen was their job and occupation. And although they left that in the moment to follow after this teacher that they would soon find out is the son of God, the Messiah, that they would get to carry his call in church to the known world. But in the moment, it was just an opportunity to take a step of faith. It was a moment to follow. And they left their jobs. And when Jesus tells you to follow him, most often than not, I'd say 99 times out of 100, you're not going to leave your occupation. You're actually going to take your ordinary. And as you follow him, it becomes extraordinary. As you learn to follow that next step of faith that Jesus has for you, it changes your mission and your mindset. And you begin to be a minister to the people around you because he says fisher of men are reacher of people. And that's what we're called to do. We believe that people are the promised land here at Kingdom City Church. And the more we follow Jesus, yes, it builds our life and it grows us and it blesses our relationships. And we have got closeness with God, but we receive that in our pursuit of following Jesus to take care of everyone else that's around us. It's about reaching more people. So we use our ordinary and in the steps of obedience that we take in becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ, our life becomes extraordinary. It becomes bigger than us. It becomes something that is significant, not just in season after season, but something that matters for all eternity. About six years ago, I brought a series of sermons to our church. Um, most of the north was not in church, our church, six years ago. Uh, some of the plaza, many of the plaza was, they were. And it was something that God was speaking to us. In fact, it was for something God spoke to us when we were on the plaza and we didn't even have a north building. It was about what we were believing God to do in a new space, in a new place, as we expand and follow Jesus as disciples of Jesus Christ to open the doors of destiny for other people as we built his church. And so I brought this uh, season of sermons, series of sermons, uh, out of the book of Joshua. And I want to revisit that because I think we're in a very similar season right now. Uh, We've grown, and God's added to us, and and we're in a great place, but I think that same heartbeat of people that are taking the promised land and occupying God opportunities, it is that season for us right now. And so, uh, even though maybe for a very, very small percentage of you, this, some of the thoughts here might not be brand new if you were around six years ago, but let's not uh, kid ourselves, you've already forgotten it. You need it again. But even though uh, it it might not be brand new, I believe it's an absolutely now word for us. It's an absolutely now word for us. I wanna speak today uh, from the thought of step into it. Everybody say step into it. Step into it. 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 The, 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 The journey of your life requires a first step of obedience. It requires you not to say sit back and stay comfortable, but to step in. Your faith life requires you stepping in to the unknown. And I believe it is a miracle season because uh, I believe when the, the church moves forward, I'm not talking about as an organization. I'm talking about as a family of faith. When the church moves forward, everyone moves forward. This is not about a building. This is about bringing heaven to earth. This is a next step that we are taking together, just like the step that secured this space that we now occupy as a church. This is about kids and their kids. It's about generations. It's about bringing hope to the hopeless. It's about reaching Kansas City for the cause of Jesus Christ. Because even when we get into this new building, this is not the finish line. Yeah, we can take a moment and we could celebrate the significance of what God's done in a season. But how many know when you come follow Jesus isn't just one step? And there's another step after that as well. And there's four things that I have witnessed in my years of ministry that I've seen people unwilling to take the step in and stay on the perimeter and spectate. And it's ended up costing them probably more than they knew at the time. And when you stay on the perimeter and you don't step in, you miss this pathway of making progress as a part of the spiritual family. Uh, they're not in sub- sequential order. That's a tough word to say for a boy from Oklahoma. <laughs> but I will say this, they're all, all significant. The first one is this, is people stay on the perimeter and never get connected to the community. They don't step into connection. Good news for you today is Connect Launch Sunday that you, you love to sit in church, and you appreciate the worship, and you like the word, and it encourages you for a moment, but you never get connected with another person and building relationship. Friends, you go to church, but you ain't a part of the church. That's church, when we get connected together. I wonder if you haven't taken that step in your life. I wanna encourage you, today's a day to step into it. Uh, second one is that we never give back. In fact, two and three kind of correspond together. We never serve, and we never give. We we like to show up and maybe we even get in a connect group and we make a couple friends, but we never contribute back to the thing that's contributing to us. And I don't say this heavy handed to get anything from you. I say this because this is the way that heaven works in getting something to you. Is that when you get to pour out for the benefit and the blessing of other people is when your life really gets built. I've come to find over the years that when people don't walk in honoring God or even financially or serving in God's house, it's because it isn't convenient in a season, but season after season goes by and they stay stagnant. Because it's something about not just receiving, there's something about giving that sets you up for the growth that God has for you. And the fourth one's a little different, but I think it's very important for us in Kansas City, is people don't take the step into the pursuit, the connection to, or the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. That we've got to have the Holy Spirit. As a believer, is working on the inside of you, but I'm talking about growing in closeness with him. Uh, I think even some of the junk that you get trapped in, in your life is because you don't have intimacy with God's presence. Because the closer you are to him, the more he's gonna show you who you're really called to be. The more he's gonna make you into more like Jesus, the more he's gonna empower you to break out of temptation, to step into faith and to be the kind of believer he's always desired for you to be. We need the Holy Spirit. We need people of generosity. We need people that don't just take things for ourselves. We love to serve all of humanity and we gotta do this thing together. I wonder what step you need to step into today. And as we look through the passage of scripture in the book of Joshua, Joshua, we see that God asked them to take a daunting step. Jesus says, come follow me. That's the beginning of salvation. But the significance of our life, the growth in our life, the discipleship in our life, we believe that discipleship is a daily decision. It's a daily step after him because we should always be progressing in our spiritual journey. He is the God of glory to glory. He's the God of strength to strength. He's the God of faith to faith. It's not staying the same. It's stepping in to the new. Romans chapter 2, verse 4, then we'll get to the book of Joshua. I love this from the message paraphrase. You've heard it said, if you've been here for any season of time, it's a key verse for us. God is kind. How many grateful for the kindness of God? The Bible says the kindness of God or the goodness of God drew us to repentance. When we saw how good he was and we got a glimpse of the cross of Jesus Christ, what he did for us, it drew us to change. The kindness of God. God is kind, but he's not soft. In kindness, he takes us firmly by the hand and leads us into radical life change. Come on, how many people grew up in the 80s? Radical, radical life change. It's not just a little life change. It's radical life change. Somebody want just a little help in your relationship? No. God wants to bring radical change in your relationship. You want a little help in your mental health? No. God wants to bring radical peace into your life. And so we're in the grip when we're walking hand in hand with God. He does might take us in incremental steps, but he's leading us towards something radical. A life radically changed. And yet many people stop short of receiving all that God wants for them to have. When I think about stopping short, I think about the story in the book of Exodus, that the Hebrew people were set free from 400 years of slavery, that Moses was a man on a mission, God showed up with power, broke the will of Pharaoh, and then they exited exodus out of slavery the Red Sea opened up and they walked into the wilderness on their way to the promised land but that's as far as that generation got because although they just experienced miracle after miracle and the the crossing of the Red Sea and the daily manna of God's provision they begin to argue complain and get in disbelief and doubt and they quit taking steps of obedience and so they just took steps around the same mountain in the wilderness over and over again for 40 years. They had disobedience in their hearts and they forgot the hand of God and they did not receive all that God had promised for them. How many knows that's not gonna be you? That might have been you up to this moment, but today we're gonna learn to step into it. That might have been us or our family's story when it comes to faith casually connecting with church no no no. we're courageously pursuing the call of god on our life we're being built up as the kind of people that bring heaven to earth we're going to step into it when you open up a door and you step into it you cross a threshold a threshold is the lowest entry place of a new space and when it comes to salvation all you got to do is step into believing and receiving and your slavery of your old is behind you, sin is paid for, and you're standing in a room called salvation. How many are grateful that Jesus opened that door that you could not open, and all you had to do was step in and receive? The threshold has a second meaning as well. It means the amount of discomfort or even pain you're willing or capable of tolerating or handling it. In other words, there's some discomfort to get into new things. I don't believe god's plan is pain i think god will use the pain of problems in this broken world to get us in a place where we're walking hand in hand with him to lead us to radical life change but i do believe there's always discomfort in stepping into destiny if you're going to step into it it means you're probably stepping out of something that was familiar you're stepping into something new i believe calling has a cost i believe before every breakthrough in your life there's normally a barrier that God allows to stay there so that you'll trust him by faith and you'll step into it. Please know that whatever wilderness season you might be in, there is a promised place of heaven to get you to and get you through what God has for you. So for the people of Israel, the new generation that was born in the wilderness or were young in the crossing, they have a threshold. It's a threshold of obedience. They've gotten used to life. In fact, all they've known for a generation Is life wandering in the wilderness, being fed by the man of heaven. And yet God says, I have more for you. I need you to step in. And for them, that threshold is called the Jordan River. And God chooses, like only God seemingly would, to choose the hardest possible time for them to step into the promised land. The Bible tells us that it's flood season. It could be up to a mile wide. It could be up to 12 feet deep, not to mention the waters are pushing against you. And they didn't grow up going to the pool in the summer the, the only water they were by for 400 years was the Nile River, which was filled with crocodiles. How many know? Not many of them knew how to swim. And yet God says, this is the season of something significant. I need you to step in to this, this Jordan River. It's a new, a new day for them and a new they. They, 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 they. Most of them hadn't even seen the miracle of the Red Sea. Now God's saying, I need you to step in again. If you're up here up north, or even online right now, maybe even on the plaza, you're now sitting in someone else's step in. You're sitting in someone else's sacrifice, someone else's surrender, someone else's season of crossing a threshold of discomfort because they believe God had called them to it, and now we're enjoying the benefits of what someone else carried to the moment, and now is our turn. Now it's for every one of us, whether you've been here for a month or you've been here for five years, it is a significant season of step in so that we can step into the promised place that God has called us to as a church family. It's time to step into it. Joshua chapter three, verse one. It says early in the morning, which disqualifies most of the 11 a.m. service, unless you served, then you're a real one. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim, and went to the Jordan River, where they camped before crossing over. Now, Shatim, um, first of all, a very unfortunate name for any place. How many know if you were from that city, you would just, when people ask you where you're from, you would just say whatever county it was in. Because that place actually was pretty Shatimi, actually. Because it means the place of the thorns. So they left the place of discomfort and they got a little closer to the place of calling. This, uh, if you've ever seen the Jordan River, it's pretty arid there in Israel. But by the Jordan River, it's, it's beautiful. It's lush. There's, there's, there's trees. There's greenery. There's gardens that can be grown because there's fresh water that's coming through. And so they left a place of discomfort, but they're not in the place of destiny. And some of us, we've left our old, but we've not stepped into the new. We, we've left the brokenness of our yesterday, but we haven't believed again for the promises of God today or for our future. We're out of yesterday, but we're not stepping into tomorrow. And so they, they camped there for three days because the water was raging and they didn't quite know what to do. God was about to speak to Joshua, this step of faith that they were called to take. And by the way, if you've got that little book of maps at the end of your Bible, You can open up that at the end of your Bible. You can normally see the journey they went on, and what you'll find is that God actually took them the long way around, that they were crossing from east into west into the Jordan because God took them to the Sinai Peninsula, so some of you feel like your life has been on delay, or you've been running around in the wrong direction, or you've been following God and don't feel like you're moving forward at all. Sometimes God knows the path that he's taking you is a long way around, because he's about ready to teach you in a new season of sacrifice, or a new step he's called you to take, of how to secure everything he's always wanted to do in your life. So the scene is set that they begin to camp before they crossed over. And we have the Jordan River swelling at its banks. In three days, they were there. You ever go to a pool and it's a little cold? And you see other people enjoying it, but you kind of dip your toe and you're like, ah, do I really wanna? You know, the longer you wait, the harder it gets. For three days, I bet you, as they watch that water go by, they just begin to like, ah, it's nicer here than it was back there. We're not in the place of the thorns. This place is pretty nice. Maybe we should just, maybe we should just camp here. Let's just camp out here. This is exactly where some of you live your life. You're no longer quite in the broken place or the place of discomfort, but you're not in the place of promise. Whatever it is, maybe it's one of those four steps I said before, maybe it's something that's unique to your story, but you're not in slavery anymore, but you're not in the significance of your freedom. And so the longer you wait in any passing moment as the water rushes by, your, 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 your belief that God could do it begins to dissipate and they are probably thinking, okay, maybe some of us can swim across. Some of the warriors that knew how to swim, but not the whole nation, not everybody. Because only the super strong can make it across in a season like this. And this is where many of us think that change and growth and people that change the world are only for the super strong, or the spiritual elite, or the faith Olympians. And it's just not true. God uses the most broken of us to do the biggest of things. God uses the most disqualified by the world, w- world to qualify to things that we could never do in our own ability. This, God grows and takes people in the promise who are just simply humble and hungry for more of him. And if you can handle those two things, it doesn't matter how long you've been following Jesus, he will take you into the promised place, but you gotta learn to step, step into it. Because sometimes what we learn is you gotta wade into the waters before you see the miracle at work. So if we're gonna step into it, what are we gonna do? We're gonna follow, we're gonna follow the movement of God. God is not static. Jesus said, follow me. It is a one, not a one decision, one time step. It's a daily decision that we make. We've got to learn to pursue that presence of God. In fact, that's what God tells Joshua, chapter three, starting in verse two. After three days, they've been camping out. The officers rally around the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, in other words, that's what represented, that's the presence of God was there. And the Levitical priests were carrying it. You're to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before, but keep a distance. You've never been to where you're called to go. God wants to lead you to a place you've never been before. And some of us have an ideal of what we think we would like our faith life or our family life, or our financial life to look like. And it's just a little bit better than when we're currently at. And I'm all for a little optimism about your current situation. But I would tell you, God has an outcome for you. that is an exceedingly abundantly above kind of thing. It's way beyond what you've ever perceived because you've never been there before. And so this is why he wants to get us not only out of the place of the thorns and out of slavery, but he doesn't want us staying in the more comfortable place because our calling is in to the unknown. We've got to follow the movement of God and there they could see the promised land, but they weren't standing in it yet because it required some steps. To step into it, you've got to get a picture of the promise. You need something in here that's bigger than what goes on up here. You need something that you're gonna find in here that's greater than the voice that you hear of discouragement or disqualification on the inside, between your ears. You need a heart that says, I'm picturing what God could do. I don't even know what it's like because I've never been there before. I just know it's gotta be better than what I've got in mind because God is so much greater than my own mindset. And I don't wanna miss the mission or the miracle he has for me just because I'm trying to squeeze God into my own mentality. Since you've never been this way before, you gotta get a picture of the promise. We get so insecure when we see other people's blessing. This is something that I didn't battle with before Instagram. I just thought my life was awesome. When our our church was started before Instagram, we had 150 people in the Plaza Movie Theater. I was like, revival. Especially if you knew we started with just two people moving up here not knowing a soul. There was revival. We didn't have Instagram. Now you see other churches. I know this is weird as a pastor to talk about this because we're all so humble and we encourage everybody all the time. But it looks like they're literally having waves of people coming in. It's like a tsunami of salvations every Sunday. But all pastors know you use your creative team, you get the right angle in the building in the right moment and everything looks like a revival. That's my little weird world, but let me talk about yours for a moment. You were loving your vacation until you saw your friend that went on a safari and you at Silver Dollar City. Come on, every one of us struggle with that. Can I tell you that the picture of your best friend that bothers you, that ain't your destiny. That ain't your life that ain't your marriage. God has better. God has your story in mind with your gifting and your calling and your purpose. And do not give up your promised land just because you're peeking around at everyone's potential blessing. Keep your eyes on who he's called you to be. Keep taking that step. Step into it. That person of destiny, come and follow Jesus and watch and see. He will take your ordinary and he'll have his extra. And something extraordinary will happen in your life. Because you need to get in on what he has for you. And God leads them into the promised land. We'll see it in just a moment. They step into the unknown. And then as they enter that place, there's still 21 different kings and people and walled cities and armies to battle. If you think about it, the grand scheme of the earth, this little sliver, this tiny little nation has got a whole lot of animosity in it. And why is that? Because the enemy wants to occupy your promised place. And systematically, starting with the walls of Jericho falling down, one by one they had to kick out these 21 kings and people because this was God's place for them. And I would just tell you that sometimes the enemy wants to occupy your mind, your heart, your life, your marriage, your career, which is all sorts of attack, but I promise you when you learn to step into it, when you learn to come and follow Jesus step by step, he'll take you to the battle plan of victory that one by one, you'll begin to get rid of this stronghold and this enemy and you'll start making momentum into the mission of Jesus for your life in the promised place that God has for you. But he says you gotta keep a distance because this is a holy thing. It's a holy thing when you walk in with the ark. And so he says you gotta we got to learn if we're going to step in and to wait on him. I already made, alluded to this earlier, but no believer loves the patience test. None of us do, especially as Americans. But not every step has an immediate payoff. Not every time you're kind to your wife are you going to have a great marriage. It's the daily steps. And every time you read your Bible, is God going to give you a revelation? Not every time you pray are you going to feel like God's listening? Not every time you forgive are you gonna feel good about it in the moment. That we gotta learn to wait on him. Because the timing of God is the testing of our faith that produces something the Bible says is far more valuable than gold. Because even if you get the right thing at the wrong time, it becomes the wrong thing. Like you're in rare company today. You're in the presence of the worst running back in Oklahoma football history. Let me tell you my story real quick. I'm already low on time because I'm high on caffeine. I signed up just to be the kicker. I played basketball, and I played soccer. Um, yeah, there's one, <laughs> one soccer fan in the history of our church. And, uh, but basketball team, the year before, junior year, they made us run cross country. And I was like, you done tricked me. <laughs> and so nowadays, basketball players, you don't even notice, but they're wearing like short shorts. Back then, we, were, we was not wearing short shorts. We were wearing Iverson baggies, okay? Not Stockton. No one needs to see this portion of these legs. And so I reluctantly ran cross country, and the next year I'm like, I'm joining the football team. I am not running. Football team, sidelines, cheerleaders, this is God. Like, won't he do it? And I remember the first play, uh, first game, uh, I, I, I made my kick, I go to the sidelines, I'm exhausted. I mean, it was five seconds. Uh, First play, I'm the third string running back on this team. That's my second position. And and there's only three strings. (laughs) Sometimes they save the best for last. I promise you, not the case. Zero percent. And I made my kick. First play, we get the ball back. First play, a guy fumbles the football. He gets brought up. My coach was a hothead. Second, Second play, guy gets hit in the wrist, gets hurt. And then all of a sudden he calls, Turner! And I'm like sitting there. Like, this is not a kicking situation, coach. <laughs> I look at the, the other, I'm like, did we get a transfer student with the same last name? So I go out there. And I'm so, I mean, I've never really been hit. In practice, I was mostly kicking. Um, and I'm like, God, you gotta do a miracle. I saw like, being a bill of my faith. I'm like, God, give me the speed of Elijah. I'm running down the chariots. God, give me the strength of Samson. I'm gonna kill this team with a jawbone. I don't know what that means, but. And the first first play, I'm so worried about getting hit that I'm just like running around. I mean, I'm doing like laps, like a Pentecostal, like camp meeting, like, you know? I'm just hauling. And I got the first down, won't he do it? But it took like 40 seconds. I mean, that's a long play because I was scampering everywhere. But the reason I wasn't very good is because I would never wait for the play to develop. I would always just, I'd run into the back of the lineman like every time. I'm so insecure about being hit or being tackled. And some of you, you just press, 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 You never sit back and let things develop. I tell you, if you've taken a step of obedience and a step of faith, you took a step out of a bad relationship, and you're gonna start honoring God, if you took a step out of selfishness and started serving and surrendering God, and it doesn't open up right away, you stay standing in that place and not take another step in that place and watch and see, because God just does something in timing and patience that brings about his plan of development. I think about our South location. We tried to launch that two and a half years ago. Do you know if we would have been successful and, 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 and we had people signed up and we had a team and I, just, I put pause on it. I didn't think, I, think, I thought God just wasn't clicking. We weren't ready. If we would have opened that, we would have been open for two months before COVID hit. How many of that portable church wouldn't have worked? Every opportunity and momentum would have gone down the drain. God knows what he's doing when it comes to timing. God knows what he's doing in your life when it comes to timing. So waiting on him, to me, that means being hungry for him, being prepared for him, staying committed, staying connected. Joshua 3, verse five says, consecrate yourself. No one's gonna do it for you. Consecrate's a big church word, big Bible word. It literally means live different. It means be set apart. Consecrate yourself. Live different now. The Bible says for, for tomorrow. There's the patience piece. Today I'm living away so that tomorrow God can do what he wants to do. Today I'm not doing everything I could do. I'm not doing everything that's about me. I'm following Jesus up to this point today. I'm living different so that my future can be different. Consecrate yourselves today because tomorrow I will do amazing things for you. I'm living set apart now so I can be a part of what God is doing. And I'm just declaring this over our church. We're not going into a summer spiritual slump. You go on your vacation, I'm gonna go on mine. It's gonna be great. You're gonna take some time off, that's awesome. But we're leaning into what God is wanting to say. If you're watching online, you stay connected. If you get in a group, maybe you can only go four times. Go those four times. Let's refuse to just go through another calendar year without paying a little bit of the cost of priority for calling. Because if we concentrate ourselves today, tomorrow he'll do wonders. When we come to church, we come to church hungry. Final thought here, verse six. Joshua said to the priest, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. In other words, hey, spiritual leaders, you, you get that presence of God and you go ahead of the nation. You go ahead of the people. So they took it up and they went ahead of them. The Bible tells us in Hebrews, you can read it for yourself, that Jesus is our one high priest. He's gone before us. He tore the veil between God and man. The presence of God, we're now able to receive it because we have a high priest to win ahead. But it also says in First Peter chapter two, you are a chosen people. Kingdom City, you're chosen for such a time as this. You're a royal priest. You're a, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result of being that holy priest, chosen people, you could show the goodness of God to others. For he called you out of darkness And into his wonderful light out of our yesterday and into his wonderful light what's the priest do he represents God to people and people to God this is what we as every believer in here listen there's a priesthood on your life you're a carrier of the presence of God and we get to tell people about the God and the goodness of God that has changed us we represent God to people but we also bring people's concerns and cares to the God that cares about them. And you've got a priest calling on your life. You do not have to wear a little white collar, but you're called by God. You're a chosen people. And so what does he ask? Joshua says, hey priest, you carry Ark first. You go in first. You step in to the unknown. A believer, a kingdom city, you gotta go first. We're living different. Well, now is our our time and opportunity. We're consecrated. Now is the step of our faith into our calling. And they carried the presence in. And for every one of us, it is our time to wander into the water. I'll tell you the story really quickly. As the priest went in, they saw no miracle. They kept walking. The Bible actually tells us in flood season, as the priest went in, they're walking, they're carrying the presence of God. And they keep taking step by step. There had to be resistance. There had to be a current. But they were courageous enough to walk against the current and step into calling. The Bible tells us that 14 miles upstream that God stopped the waters where they could not see it. And then slowly by slowly, the resistance began to fade. And they begin to take a bigger step and a bigger step before the Bible says they were planted right in the middle of that miracle they stood there as the waters dried up and up to two million people walked over into the promised land I'm telling you you wander in the water you take that step you step into it your obedience there's going to be resistance I don't know what God's asking of you I know if you ask him he'll tell you And then as you step into it, we take step by step, all of us together, but individually, every one of us choosing, we carry that presence of God courageously into the unknown, and little by little, the resistance begins to fade, and then a whole nation of people gets to move through. You know what, about two million people. You know how many live in Kansas City? A little over two million people. And so we step in. In the Red Sea, it was one man who lifted up his staff And they all got to see the miracle and then step into it. In the promised land, it's all priests. It's all people. Not leading for one man, believing for what Jesus wants to do. And we step into it when we haven't seen it yet. Knowing that God's going to do a miracle that we can't even see, but it's a miracle in the making that matters for all of eternity. And as we keep walking into the unknown, watch and see that there's a city coming behind us. There's a generation coming behind us. Your kids and their kids and their kids' friends are coming behind us. As we the people that choose to stay in the middle. In the same way, Jesus, one man lifted up on a cross, got us out of slavery and into freedom. Now it's the church walking together in unity and passion by faith, stepping into it, that's secure out of the uh, place of comfort, no longer in the place of thorns, no longer in the place of slavery to sin, but into the promised land that God has for us. God is looking for some people to step in expecting a miracle. Before they see it, we've got to go ahead and do it. And we quit living on yesterday's breakthrough. I am well out of time. So I'm going to have you stand to your feet on the plaza up north. The same God that's brought you this far wants to see you all the way through. I can make a statement like that, but do you believe that? If you believe that God has more for you, then what's your step? The Bible says faith without works, faith without a step, faith without an action isn't a real faith. It's a phony faith. And authentic faith requires that we believe and we step. We believe and we obey. What's your step? What's your obedience? What is God asking of you? And he who began this good work will be faithful to complete it. Come follow me, Jesus said. Come follow me. God is kind, but he's not soft. Grab hold of hands with him by the Holy Spirit through the word of God in the community of faith and watch as he's leading us to radical life change, to take our ordinary and use it for something extraordinary. Wherever you're at, I wanna pray for you. Come on, church, let's actually pray together. Let's pray the spirit of faith for the promised land that God has for all of us. This is not about a building. This is about kingdom come for Kansas City and beyond. Kingdom come for your family and the generations that follow. Kingdom come for your marriage. Kingdom come for your career and your calling. God knows exactly what he's leading you to, and he's asking of you a step to take. Have the faith, have the obedience, have the passion to pursue his presence. You will step in even to unknown. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you for New City Church, not the organization, but every individual. You've all brought us here through 11 years of your faithfulness and through the obedience, sacrifice, and faithfulness of many, many people. And yet now is our time to step into the more that you brought us together for every individual heart and every individual life and every couple and every family. God, you have a step for them. Lord, I thank you that you would give them a clear voice in their hearts that says, this is what I'm asking of you right now. This is what consecration looks like for you right now. This is what I'm asking of you today so that your tomorrow can be different. And God, we pray over the tomorrow of Kansas City. We pray over tomorrow of the Midwest. We pray over the tomorrow of our nation. We pray over the tomorrow of the world that your kingdom will come and your will will be done lord i thank you that we will be willing to carry your presence into the unknown we'll step in before we see it and god i'm believing and declaring for momentum in their life for the mission of jesus in their life to come alive lord i thank you that they're getting out of slavery and discomfort once and for all and they have the courage to step in to calling god i thank you that a year from now we will see the fruit of their faithfulness to follow you with this next step that you've called them to God I thank you through it all we're grace for this we're called for this that there's more for us and you're leading us to that beautiful thing we're consecrating ourselves today we're stepping in today for the tomorrow you want to bring to Kansas City to our lives and beyond in the mighty name of Jesus on the plaza online at Lansing up north can we just take a moment to celebrate the goodness of God and the plan of God come on let's worship him
2: today that you've gotten out of the way of Jesus just too far. You knew about him. You were a church attender. Mom and grandma dragged you to church half your life. You started living life. You got a little bitter. Somebody did something to you, you, it hurt you. Hello, welcome to life, right? Church seemed fake. Someone, someone seemed like a hypocrite, didn't do what they said. You got hurt in a relationship. Life didn't quite turn out like you thought. You found yourself in a delay and you ended up denying some things of your faith instead of letting God disciple you into your future choices. But at every crossroad of life, and at every place where we find ourselves, even within our own choices, grace finds us. Grace meets us. Grace echoes into our future, calling us back to where He's really called us to remain. With every head bowed and with every eye closed, Because since there's somebody here today, there's some people that you've gone your own way. People will always hurt you. We are imperfect people that have fallen in love with a perfect savior, that are making decisions every day to humble ourselves, to become who he's called us to be. And we have to give allowances to others we've got to give grace because guess what we need grace too and that is why we need to get back in the way of the way maker get back in the way of the lover of our soul get back the way of our healer, our redeemer, creator, God. Get back in his way and let his love and let his grace begin to overflow over us so it can begin to overflow through us. If we can't love our neighbor, how are we going to go love the world? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever would believe in him will not perish and have everlasting life did the great commission to go back into the world and I really believe that loving our neighbor which leads to reaching our world it starts back with letting him love us getting back in that way recalibrating our hearts and our souls with what he says about us And what he thinks about us you're not your past you're not your failures you can bring that all to the cross today and you have an opportunity to leave it at the feet of Jesus everything to the feet of Jesus yeah that thing that thing you need to bring it to the feet of Jesus and then you begin to live everything in the name of Jesus so today Maybe your heart just feels compelled to come back to the Waymaker, to come back to the way of Jesus, to come back and begin to allow Him to disciple you into your destiny, to leave the doubt, to leave the betrayal, to leave your own way, just like the disciples. And they left their way of life and they became fishers of men. God's got a plan for your life. God's got a purpose for your life and you've got to choose today. Just to come back home so if that's you today we're not going to call you out embarrass you but just so i can see maybe today you need to just surrender love is going to wash over you you're carrying burdens and weight you were never meant to carry and you need to surrender and you need to get back in the way of jesus would you just lift your hand all over this place You say, today I need to give my heart one, two, three, four, five. Anybody else today, you say, I need to get back in the way. I need to give my heart six, seven. We're so proud of you, incredible. But we believe that we get to do this together. Man, I've served Jesus for a lot of years. And man, I just wanna keep humbly stepping into it. I don't know it all. I don't have it all figured out but one thing I have figured out is that life without Jesus I don't want to do it I don't just want to raise a cute family and do cute things and have a cute house and no, I want it I want all of my life infused with Jesus with who he is and what he means and what he has something that by the grace of God would last in eternity so come on church family, would you repeat this after me? Would you say, Dear Heavenly Father.
1: Dear Heavenly Father.
2: I surrender. I surrender. Jesus. Jesus. I get in your way today. I get in your way today. I receive your salvation. I receive your salvation. I
1: receive your forgiveness.
2: I receive your forgiveness. I give you my shame. I give you my shame. I give you my doubts. I give you my doubts. I give you my real questions. I give, you my relationships.
1: I give you my relationships.
2: Teach me your way. Teach me how to do it. Today, Today. I, make you I make you my Lord and, Lord and my Savior. I give you my life.
1: You my life.
2: In Jesus', name, In Jesus we name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, can we just
1: celebrate?